Yo, what up, Dave? <clears throat> Super stoked about your King of Dungeons reviews, man. And I'm fully on board with you. Not every game needs to be written for novice players. I mean, that's what 5th edition is for. That's there for new players. You know, it's simplified enough. It's watered down enough. It's for them. Uh, but, you know, not every game needs to be for novice players. So I love that... Uh, the guy who made this game made that decision. I think it's smart. I think it makes the book probably easier to read, and I'm really excited to check it out. So, yeah, I can't wait to hear more of what you got to say about it. Peace out. Come in, my child, out of the cold And listen how the story's told Take off your coat and stay a while We'll roll in that deep percent time Hi everyone, it's Dave That was uh, Joe there Joe from Wheel or Woe And also the Hindsightless podcast I'm glad you're enjoying the review Joe, I'm going to carry on with that now Anchor's being a little bit awkward today, so I'm not going to make this a terrible, terribly long one, but uh, I promise more King of Dungeons. I'm going to spotlight today on characters, so go through a little bit about uh, character creation, the character sheet, and then look at the classes, and that'll probably be me done for the day. Right, so I'm continuing my review of King of Dungeons by Baz Stevens. It's built uh, on the Archmage engine, so if you know 13th Age, there'll be plenty here which is familiar to you, and a couple of things which aren't familiar. Uh, so it's OGL game. It uses the six, uh, they're called in here, character stats, strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. One thing the game does is ditch... Uh, attribute scores so you just get the bonuses and you allocate those so there's no rolling 3d6 for stats you get a plus five a plus four a plus three a plus two a plus one and a zero to um, uh, allocate as you want to your stats and then your stats pretty much do the job of the skills so um, outside of combat if you want to do anything you're rolling against a target number there are three tiers of difficulty Adventurer, Conqueror and King and if you are, so Adventurer is the lower levels, Conqueror is the intermediate levels and King is the higher levels. So if you're rolling a skill at intermediate level then you will roll against a target number I think of 15. You can shift that either way if you want. Um, Baz isn't too worried about uh, about it being fine-grained, so he, so he recommends you don't worry about it. You've got an advantage and disadvantage mechanic um, to muck about with, so that's that's come from 5th Ed. 13th Age doesn't have that. Actually, the, barbarian, the Barbarian's Rage used an advantage mechanic, and it wasn't used elsewhere in the game. Elsewhere in um, 13th Age, you had a plus 2 or a minus 2 to cover everything. Here, Baz recommends that you, you use advantage and disadvantage to cover everything, and then, and then a straight sort of 15 adventurer, 20, I think, at Conquer and 25 at King for your difficulty levels but of course it's just as easy to um, you know 
to, to modify that by sort of five either way if you want a particularly easy or a particularly difficult task. So that's pretty much what you're doing. You've, got, you've then got your expertise dice, and your expertise dice are allocated to five different uh, areas of expertise. The first is your culture. Uh, one thing I like about the game, although six cultures are referred to here and they refer to the classic fantasy races, I like that they're called cultures. None of them bring stat bonuses, which I think is modern and good. Um, and Baz even says you could just as easily swap these out if you want. If you didn't want to have the fantasy races, you could have um, you could have uh, different human cultures for your game. That would that would work quite easily. You have a an expertise die um, linked to your class. You then have an alignment. I'll talk about about those in a moment. And then you choose two other areas of expertise. The two other areas of expertise work pretty much like backgrounds in thirteenth. 13th age so across those five categories you have um, five possible sort of broadly defined areas of expertise so your culture if you're if you're attempting a task relevant to your culture you can roll your expertise die if you're attempting a task relevant to the to the broad sort of um, definition of your class then you can roll an expertise die and the expertise dice are pretty simple um, at adventure level it's a d4 at conqueror I think it's a d6 and so on I think D and D next during the play test play testing mucked around with expertise dice at one point. I really like them anyway. So instead of a flat bonus, you've got an additional die that you can roll when relevant and add it to your D twenty total. Very nice. Um, you've then got three defences which do the job of saves as well, and they correspond to the three defences you had in Thirteenth Age, but they use the OGL. Um, names of fortitude, reflex and will which I really like so when your um, fortitude now takes in armour class this is a very distinctive element of the game so fortitude tends to be a higher uh, a higher score um, but that that takes in there are no armour bonuses there are a couple of extra tweaks you can do with armour whether or not you carry a shield and that kind of thing but there are no armour bonus in this game it doesn't really matter if your warrior is um, sort of unarmoured like Conan or, or clad in plate mail um, the fortitude advantage that, that a warrior gets is the same regardless so you can really hand wave equipment and that that is a common aspect of the game there is no mucking about going shopping here there is no trying to um, really uh, maximize the benefits you can get for your equipment if it seems reasonable that you would have it in your pack write it down and put it in your pack there's a bit more to the rules than that um, for acquiring sort of rare or important equipment but all of it really is treated as part of the role playing rather than rather than ways of maximizing your character abilities so i really like that um, so you've got fortitude which includes armor class you've got reflex which is you know for, for for dodging firebolts and things like that and you've got will which covers um all of the other kinds of magical effects and various other effects uh, that you might need to resist in combat then on the character sheet, one thing I'll say about the character sheet, I'll be going through the character sheet here, it's, a, it's one page, it's very simple, it looks kind of OSR, um, it's a bit too small. The abilities area, um, even if you're not trying to define your abilities and include all of their um, pros and cons, which you couldn't possibly do on the sheet, it's pretty difficult on this sheet even to list all of the abilities that your, your character has. What I'll probably end up doing with players with this game, which I also did with 13th Age, was they're going to need to be, uh, they're going to need to have printed out 
the relevant aspects of their class description, I think they're going to need a few sheets detailing their, their class abilities and where, they, where they've ringed the ones that they've got um, because you, you're not going to be able to fit all of the relevant detail onto the sheet. Um, yes, and then you've got guild statistics. This is an interesting. I'll probably talk about this more later on. Um, but guild statistics are for the group roles, and they actually pretty much so. So guilds have strength, dex, con, int, whiz, car scores, which are pretty much taken from the from the uh, median scores of the or median modifiers of all the player characters. Um, and when you're rolling for the whole group to sneak, for example, or the whole group's attempting to persuade or impress somebody, then you roll the guild stats instead of their character stats. I quite like that. It's a very specific um, detail of the game. Um, all of your equipment and coin and lifestyle, well, you've got three uh, character details, kit, coin and lifestyle, and you can choose one to be advantaged and one to be disadvantaged. Um, and your advantage one, say you cho choose kit to be advantaged, that means when you're rolling for something to do with what kind of what kind of kit you've got or can acquire, then you roll with advantage. Uh, and if you'd chosen it to be at disadvantage, you'd roll at disadvantage. So you can choose amongst kit, coin and lifestyle. You can adjust your priorities, whether you want to have lots of ready cash, whether you want to live a luxurious lifestyle or whether you want to have or to be able to acquire the right kind of kit. You've got uh, a recovery dice, which varies by class. Um, and then pretty much standard is you get eight recoveries. Uh, these roughly correspond to the recoveries in 13th age. So certain kinds of um, skills and abilities, healing potions will let you take recoveries, sometimes um, adding in extra dice. But basically your recoveries is uh, for each of these that you take, you can roll a number of recovery dice equal to your level and regain that many hit points. Um, and one of the things, one of, one of the expressions Baz has in the book is hit them in the recoveries. <laughs> so instead of giving detailed damage for environmental effects, you know, getting too cold, getting too hot, falling or whatever, he recommends you hit them in the recoveries. So instead of abrading their hit points, take away some of their recoveries because they're quite important to the to the resource management of the game and how how uh, how far the characters can go without taking uh, a proper rest it's called a proper rest in this game you can have breathers when you can roll your recoveries and a proper rest uh, where you get a full heal up um, yeah so I think that's enough for the character sheet alright a bit more on alignments so you've got six alignments here and they are not the standard D&D &D alignments they are civilization, gods magic, nature savagery and thievery so I think those uh, general areas do a really good job of just allowing a player to indicate the kinds of things that are going to motivate their character. Um, so, for example, civilization. It says the description says law and order is important to you. Roads, taxes, cities, education. God speaks for themselves. I think and magic, nature, trees, beasts, rocks, water. The wilderness is the true form of the world, and you believe it should and will prevail when the civilized races have had their fun. I think that's really um, a nice way of 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 capturing some of your character's motivations and don't forget your alignment is also one of your areas of expertise um, so it will grant you that expertise die in tasks which are relevant to it 
Yeah, there's a nice page here early on under backpacks that just gives lists of the kinds of things the various different cultures or the various different alignments or the various different classes might have in their backpack. And as I mentioned before, um, if it makes sense, put it down on your sheet. Um, Baz is absolutely not bothered with giving prices, with mucking about shopping. Um, if it's a very important bit of kit, then you might think about the way you've described your guild and whether it's relevant for the for the... For the stage that your guild's at, that you would have it, that might call for a for a role under one of your wealth priorities, or it might call for a role um, of your guild stats, um, or or it might drive drive the narrative. But there is no going shopping. Do I have enough money? There's a nice thing suggested later on. Um, if you're in the middle of a heist and you need a particular piece of equipment, well then do a flashback to describe how it is that you came to have it with you. Uh, so that gives a sense of the feel that Baz is going for there. All right, so I'm getting to the classes soon. Um, there's a page for common rules for the classes. Um, weapons, it says everyone uses D6 damage by default, uh, except for rogues, because they're killers, they get D8s. But that is even simpler than, than 13th Age. So I liked the 13th Age decision to allocate damage by class rather than by weapon so you could describe yourself as having pretty much whatever weapon you wanted um, here damage is pretty much t6 um, then you are given a whole list of um, flavorful restrictions on the kinds of weapons that classes can use uh, and i can see how that would be important in a game that sort of prioritized uh, magic items, you know, if you can't use a pole arm and you find a magic pole arm. But actually, magic items in in this rule book, at least, um, Baz intends, I think, to be very, very rare. He doesn't give any magic item stats whatsoever. So I would tend to hand wave even those lists. I would tend to say um, damages by class. Uh, sorry, damage is D6, apart from rogues who do D8, um, and you can pretty much have whatever weapon suits your character concept. I really like that. Other people are going to want to... <laughs> are going to have problems with that, um, but I'm on board with that. Armour, similarly, I already mentioned, there are a few things you can do. Certain classes can 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 take certain extra bits of kit for some, um, for some modifiers to their defences, but basically, armour is your fortitude defense um, and everything else is flavor love it well, I said I'd do classes as well today but looking at the clock um, I was going to try and keep these under 20 minutes in August I also don't want to put out a big long one today because I'm not trusting anchor particularly so I'm going to sign off there pick up with classes at some point quite soon in the meantime keep rolling on those random tables you never know at some point i might get back to doing that as well <laughs> bye bye thank you for listening if you'd like to contact dave please leave a message on anchor email dpercentile at gmail.com or find him on twitter at d underscore percentile